I stopped going out so much and instead I'd be excited to come home and write a blog and like, I don't know, YouTube things and learn things and learn how to take better photos on the weekends. I'd go around with my camera and take photos. All this stuff started to change my world. And that's when I realized this is what it's meant to feel like to really Mm -hmm. love your life. And this Mm -hmm. is how it's meant to feel like to feel lit up by what you do. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Make Bank. And if you've ever looked at entrepreneurs or anybody you look up to online and thought, why does it look so easy for them? The answer is probably that A, they've really done their homework and they have an amazing foundation for their life, their business, their goals. They've done their homework. And B, they have found their flow state and they have the energetics of business and their personal life and their wellness and their career on lock. And our guest for this episode, Ruby Lee, is an expert in energetics, abundance, and mindset. And I'm so stoked for you to listen into this convo because Ruby is really great at bringing you the high-level concepts and giving you the tangibles and specifics for how this work can look for you in your life and in your business. Because I know that words like energetics, abundance, mindset, all of those can feel really like airy-fairy, really ambiguous. They can feel like things that other people (laughs) can understand, or maybe it's something that is just, if you know, you know, but Ruby is such a prime example that you can totally shift the way you approach your goals, the way you approach your work and your life with simple shifts and consistency. Ruby's work is the ultimate conduit between spiritual connection and practical growth strategies. And I can't wait for you to dig into this episode because I know it's going to light you up. So let's go. Hello, Ruby. I've already loved catching up with you off air, I guess. I'm so excited for this conversation. Marie, I'm so happy to be reunited with you. The last time I saw you, this is this is a whole bougie vibe, but it was in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Last time I saw you was in Italy three years ago. Oh my gosh. And the time has just completely melted. But like we were saying earlier, it feels like no, no time has passed at all. And yeah. you, know when you just have a connection with someone and you can yeah. just get straight back into it. It just oh, feels so good to be back in the your best. energy. The best, the best. I'm so excited for this conversation. And I know that you have like so many gems to offer our listeners. And I've always looked to you as someone who does business and entrepreneurship in such a vibey way for like lack of a better term (laughs) like you just have the vibes you really are someone I look to who has the energy game down and when I say the energy game I don't mean that you're always high vibe or like always like whatever just like operating in space but like you understand the energy of business and you're able to call in the results that you want but also like hold space and acknowledge like the hard shit too which I think is almost the hardest part of like business energetics is having it be both so I'm so excited to jump into that stuff too oh thank you so much babe yeah I was having a chat with 
two of my friends who, you know, when you have like friendship group masterminds and mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of on the same level in business and you just get to talk about stuff that you can't speak about anywhere else. Yeah. So I was on, on one of those calls yesterday and it was interesting because one of the conversations that came up was, oh, Rubes, like you do flow so well and you just seem to kind of, you know, just have the vibes and, you know, be able yeah, yeah. to just through business, but we actually need more structure. We actually need more steps and frameworks in order to be successful. And I didn't say this on the call, but there was a part of me that was like, well, I feel that is a real misconception around flow-based business, that Mm -hmm. there's no structure or that there is just, you wake up every morning and you just go, what am I doing today? Yeah. Yeah. Massive misconception. And I think a whole part of what I do is showing what that looks like on the inside as you build Mm -hmm. something that continues to support you in a really, you know, wonderful way that matches your energy, but doesn't restrict you to only having doing life and business a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so, so thrilled that we're going to dive into the specifics of that. But for anyone who doesn't know you and who hasn't been in your corner of the internet for three years, like I have, give us like the quick story of how you started your business. I know that back in the day you were like a corporate badass, like you were killing it in corporate world, but you left and you started the business that you have now. I know you did a ton of your business on LinkedIn. Is that still the case? Like give us kind of the overview. Okay, perfect. So I was in corporate and literally thought I would always be in corporate. And one day I went, oh, do you know what it was? I wanted to take extra time to have a vacation over in Europe and the HR department was that's not going to happen. <laughs> We've run out of holiday time. And I'm like, what? And then it just yeah. kind of like this moment where I thought I need to find a job that allows me to be on holidays constantly because, you know, travel <laughs> yeah. is such a big part of what makes me just feel really alive. And I, I honestly feel like I was put on this earth just to like see the world and to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of set me on a pathway of what does it look like to have a job that you know, I can travel. And at the time there was a lot of travel vloggers that were just, just, just starting on YouTube. And I began to work out how they did it. And it was through blogging, member mm-hmm. blogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to start a blog. And so I went down that pathway of maybe I can start a blog and it monetizes. And what happened there was my employer found out about my blog, which had nothing to do with my actual job, but they weren't cool with that. And they said, shut it down or you'll be reprimanded, you know? And this is going back to like before side hustles were somewhat normalized. Yeah. And now, and I remember at that moment, I thought now is the time Ruby that you get to decide you're at a crossroads. There's a pathway. So Marie, I like literally quit that job for a blog that had no traffic and no money. Oh my gosh. How irrational I was. Yeah. (laughs) But you knew what you wanted and you weren't going to settle for anything less, you know? But it gets me into trouble, right? I'm just like, you get to a point where you're just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm just going to make it work. (laughs) I'm going to just prove to everybody that I Mm -hmm. make it work. Anyway, I didn't make it work because after three months, the bank balance just went nil, 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 Mm. just going down and down and down. So I ended up manifesting a job that was part-time, still at the same level that I was at, 
but it was like a tech startup and Mm. they were like a ventures based business that invested into like app developers and things like that. So super entrepreneurial space. Mm. And my, I remember at the second interview, I said to my boss, so I've got a side hustle and I hope that's okay. And I'm thinking about being on LinkedIn a little bit more and his eyes just lit up. I honestly thought, I would lose the opportunity. I just lit up and said, oh my God, if you expose your personal brand, that can only look great on us because I was like, oh, hello, like entrepreneurial. So that was a really, really amazing runway. I was there for 18 months and because I had so much freedom, I was able to build a personal brand on LinkedIn. And I started to just basically like document, show up every day. And I was really transparent. I'd say, I'm trying to build this business, but I'm also working part-time for this company. Just come and follow along. And I documented the whole thing. And people were fascinated that I had this like crazy slice of this corporate world that allowed me to have so much freedom. So I think that's what kind of drew a lot of interest. And then lo and behold, people started to ask, how do you start a side hustle? Which then led to how do you start a business? And then it led to me having enough of a financial runway to eventually quit that job, go all Mm -hmm. in with my business and use LinkedIn as an audience and a platform that I could really bounce off. But yeah, to answer your question, I am no longer as fully in LinkedIn as I was. I've yeah. since really moved across more so to the podcast world. Um, mm-hmm. LinkedIn's just there as a support to bring traffic across that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, your podcast is epic. And so taking us back to when you first started gaining traction with your business and you're like, oh, okay, like this, this is going to be something like, what were your, what were you offering? How did you know that like, that was the business model that you wanted at the time? I didn't. And I, so I, here's the thing. I didn't know anything about tech. I didn't even have, I didn't have Instagram. I for sure didn't have Stripe, PayPal, Zoom. I didn't have a website. What I did have was the LinkedIn platform. So Mm -hmm. as people started to lean in and they were asking me questions and how it began was, because it's LinkedIn, they'd say, let's have a coffee. Like if they were local, everyone, where I was, where I'm from. Coffee chat, yeah. But where I'm from is like so-called the coffee capital of the world. If anyone's mm. Melbourne, Australia, the biggest coffee snobs you'll like find top three, let's say in the world. Yeah. So everyone's like, let's have a bougie coffee at this really like cool place that's down an alleyway, down an alleyway, down an alleyway, that kind of vibe. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I would do a whole heap of coffees and I realized, hang on a second, like I'm literally taking hours out of my day to have these free coffees. Mm -hmm. And my husband at the, my husband, like at the time, he's still my husband that came out wrong. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, my husband said, why aren't you charging for that? And I just remembered feeling like, I can't do that. Like, what do you mean? That's, that's, you know, I'm helping people. And I had all of these issues around worthiness and Mm -hmm. the right pricing for it. But eventually I just ripped the bandaid off. And I said, if you want to pick my brain, because people would always say, I want to pick your brain. um, It's now $150 and it's for an hour. And I worked out how to set up Calendly and Mm -hmm. link it up to all the payment things. And what do you know? Like, so many people said, oh, don't worry about it because they didn't mm-hmm. want to pay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, wanted they didn't to- want to pick your brain that badly. <laughs> they 
wanted to pick it with like a $4 fancy cup of coffee, but that was it. Yeah. But one out of 10 people who inquired did pay. Yeah. So that was my first forage into getting paid for my knowledge and my expertise. And what I think what I did really well at the time was I would write notes furiously after uh-huh. the, after the session, I would write notes and I'm, a, you know, I'm an accountant by background, which is yeah. like the far, 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 far way away now. But it's like hard for me to imagine that for it's you. Hard for me to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I rocked the suit. I had the glasses huh? and the high heels. You know, I did the whole thing. Yeah, it's a lot. I loved spreadsheets, so I'd write furiously and then I put it into a spreadsheet, and then I would get all data nerdy and look at what the themes were, mm-hmm. and I noticed that there would be like some really interesting key themes that came out of these conversations, the same topics. And it would be mindset. How do I speak to my boss? How did you build a financial runway? How do you build an audience? How do you know what content to talk about? All those things. And I realized that what that did was it gave me a course outline. Mm -hmm. So then it took me from doing purely just one-to-one work into essentially creating a course where I could do one to many. And that's really the beginnings of how it all started. So, you know, for those of you kind of leaning in, really take note. I mean, every single call and conversation you have with somebody, it's a massive clue towards what Mm -hmm. the audience wants. And, you know, it's kind of like not new news, but we forget the simplicity of it and how Mm -hmm. important it is as you build out your brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually getting to the root of like what people want first of all and what people are willing to pay to learn or fix or achieve like those can be different things what people are curious about and want to pick your brain about as you found like are not always the things that they're willing to pay for and that's like I have all of my clients do market research before they launch their coaching program or their offer or start marketing their thing like it is so key to actually understand what people want and how they talk about it and how they're willing to pay for it. Like that is so huge. So that's amazing that that was just like your natural first step. It was so flow-based in a way because it wasn't as though I was kind of saying, oh, you know, I only want to work with these sorts of people. I had people from all age groups, all cultural Mm -hmm. backgrounds, men and women. That was interesting because LinkedIn is such a, you know, masculine place to be anyway. Mm. I was at one point I was mainly working with dudes, which nowadays Mm -hmm. I mostly work with women. But what I loved about that was like, they just tell you exactly what Mm. they want and what they liked and what they didn't like. So it really helped shape a lot of my offerings and, it was so cool because I kind of even noticed as I raised my prices, I just didn't really get much pushback because my messaging was getting clearer of this yeah. is who I help and this is who I serve. So yeah. that happened. And then I eventually did the group program. So I did the outline. Mm-hmm. I put it out there and it was called something like how to get your dream job in seven days mm-hmm. and I'd hustle. I think that was what it was called. And uh, Oh my God, that was a huge flop. (laughs) I was waiting to see if you're going to say if it was a flop or a huge like win for you. No, it was a huge flop. No one bought it. And Mm. I spent six weeks building it out. So I I don't know your your opinion on it, but it's kind of like, I thought I did all the market research. Uh I thought I got all the evidence and I put the course out there. 
and I, you know, now that we've been launching and we've been in the world, the coaching world for so long, you can see where the blind spots are. Yeah, I yeah. literally did not talk to anybody about it until the course was ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was like, no, no one knew that. it existed. And then you're like, I have this thing. Don't you want it? <laughs> exactly. And then there was all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I did do market research, but I did it on individuals who had no interest in being in a group. Like they just wanted to have one-to-one time with me. Yeah. And then I made up this whole belief story and system that I wasn't meant to scale up my business. I was only meant to do one-to-one work. Nobody wanted to do group things with me. I guess I just had to accept that I was just going to do private coaching for the rest of my business. That story was such a vibrational lie, but yeah. it took me a while to get up from that because, yeah, it kind of really floored me because, you know, up to that point I had so much success and it was so easy and it just really, really shocked me that nobody wanted my thing. And I was like, oh my God, I put so much time and energy into it. La 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 la. I pay like a brand person. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure we've all experienced that. Or if you haven't, it's something that you fear. Yeah. But it really truly is. Those moments are the moments that you just learn so much from. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think anyone who's been in business long enough, like anyone who's actually in the game and is like trying things and is like pushing themselves to grow has a failure story like that. Like I literally, the first time I ever launched what is now my really successful mastermind called Online Coach Empire, it was a different name, but the first time I launched it, no one joined. I did an entire launch and like I wanted to fill like eight spots or something and I got literally zero people. Zero. (laughs) I feel you. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm gonna be... Like, I'm going to teach you how to launch. And then my launch got zero people because just like you said, I didn't talk about it. I just assumed that people were going to be so excited about this thing that they didn't know existed. And once I talked, like once I released it, they would just jump on it. And it that didn't happen because I didn't position myself as like, even though I was already working with people at that level, I hadn't positioned myself as an expert for that level of people. Like I wasn't speaking to that level of coach. I wasn't speaking to that level of client. No one knew it was coming. And then I was like, oh, okay. And that's the launch that taught me the most about launching. Not like my consistent, easy six-figure launch. Like those aren't the ones that teach me about launching. (laughs) It was that launch. Exactly. I, I had a similar one with a mastermind. So this is like fast forward 12 months later. Eventually I got groups going, which I worked out like, okay, they wanted like smaller. They didn't want to do like a 12 week upfront. I think that was more my energy. So I halved it to like a six week and changed the positioning and people started joining my groups. But when I decided to do a higher level mastermind, oh my God, this was actually just before we started working together in, in mastermind. And I put it out there and I had three people join the mastermind. And even at the time I thought, oh my God, that is like a massive fucking failure. Cause I really thought I was going to have 12 people join mm-hmm. and I only had three and it was like $5,000 for 12 weeks. So it was a very entry level mastermind situation in, in my world. Mm-hmm. And three people joined. Then two weeks in one of the three messaged me and said, it's just not for me. 
And I was mm-hmm. devastated. I was yeah. like, oh my God. So, but he ended up saying I had two guys and a, and a girl in that mastermind. So then one of the guys, he left and he's like, no, no, I'm not leaving your world. I just want to be a private client. And I should have been grateful for that. But instead I was like, oh God, here's another one who just wants to work with me. Like confirming that story that you have. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And then the other two, one was based in Germany, one was based in Chicago, you know, and they couldn't make it on the calls together a lot of the time. Oh. So when I did, cause they were live calls, sometimes yeah. it was just like one-to-one yeah. and I don't know, it's, I feel sometimes that is a scarier reality when you launch mm-hmm. it and only one or two. Honestly, people. yes, because when I got to the end of the launch, I was like, thank God I didn't just have like two people. Like, I just don't have to do anything now. Like, thank God. <laughs> right? And it's like, okay, I'll take like no one joining any day as opposed yeah. to like one or two people. And it's so yeah. silly because you know what? I just had to get over the ego. That's really mm. essentially what it came down to. Just get over it, suck it up because you're helping these two people. Yeah. And once I kind of got through that and pushed through the other side, what happened was after 12 weeks, I had 12 modules fully recorded for the mastermind. Mm. Amazing. I, yeah. Because so you just got paid to record the curriculum. Exactly. And then it just yeah. changed my whole mindset around it. Yeah. And then the next time I launched it, I had six. And then the next time I launched it, I had 12. Mm-hmm. And then now that's like an $800,000 mastermind. So it's yeah. amazing like how it all starts, but see, lessons, yeah. they count. <laughs> they, the they lessons count. are so huge. And it's like such a good reminder about like being aware of the stories or like what you make this stuff mean because in the moment you know I'm like oh my god no one wants my mastermind I'll never be able to work with like high high ticket clients I'll never be able to like work with anyone past beginners because no one blah 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 like just this whole story now I have clients who are like on track to make seven figures like people look to me as an expert on that stuff too and it's like I just had to keep going and like adjust (laughs) like it wasn't that serious Yes. And that helps so much when you just tell yourself it's actually not that serious. It's not that bad. Like have a bit of fun. Let's experiment and just take it all an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I tell my clients that too. And they're like, I'm so nervous about this launch. Or I'm like, what if no one buys? Or what if this webinar doesn't convert? Or what if this offer, blah, blah, blah. Like what if my prices, like I raise them and no one buys? Like it's all just an experiment like none of it is life or death like let's be real we're doing like games on the internet (laughs) and it's very serious you know it's people's livelihood and like it is important on on a level but like those failures along the way are not like the be all end all of your business success exactly here here sister yes yeah yeah I know that we're so on the same page with that stuff and I want to like go more into the business flow state and like the how you approach business in terms of energy and mindset and rituals r-i-c-h rituals and so tell me more about how you even realize that like that was kind of your thing because your background is as an accountant, which to me, like the way I think about accountants is people who are very logic based, people who are very factual, people who are very numbers based, like that's the stereotype for accountants in my brain. (laughs) And so at what point are you like, oh, I'm actually like very flow based. I'm very like intuitive. I like 
where did that shift happen? I feel I was always like that, but you know, I grew up in an Asian household and there's certain expectations that come with my culture. And if I, I remember I was like, you know, 18 or whatever. And here in Australia, you pick what you want to go into at about 17 and then the universities accept you. It's like the same thing. But, you know, I remember just putting down and ticking all these courses around all these like degrees around journalism, the arts, media. I I literally wanted to be an MTV girl. I wanted to like be on TV and interview like indie bands. That was what I wanted to do. Yeah. And yeah. So you wanted to be in front of a camera and create content and interview people and talk like you're literally doing that. Always. And do you know what, like, you know, love how parents have a certain ideal on what's successful and what isn't, but they were basically like, you'll never get a job doing that. Do you know how limited Mm -hmm. the, you know, job market is in that space and you should really stick to the things that you'll get a job through. And that's going to be accountancy business, la 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 la, because I didn't have like that good of grades to be a doctor. Otherwise they'd be like, <laughs> a doctor. but anyway, so I guess the accountancy kind of was a very forced skill and it was, it was hard. Like it was hard for me. I really had to study my ass off and I had to really, I couldn't grasp the concepts as easily as everybody else. And then once I got the job, because I was great at interviewing, I'd mm. get the job. But once I was like in the job, it was almost like I felt really exposed. Like they knew that yeah. I wasn't as good as, you yeah. know, everyone else. Anyway, that was when I realized like, I am not in flow. Like I didn't use mm. those words, but it was almost like I can fake it in this world, but it did not feel good to me. And I'll tell you something. I was stressed. I was so skinny. I had acne. I yeah. was not living my best life. I was relying Physically on you're rejecting your life. Like you're- and I was numbing out, you know, like yeah. every weekend we'd be like, yeah, Friday would come like cocktails and we would mm-hmm. get so blind and all the things. And I was like, this is not how I want to live my life. I was in my early twenties and I'm like, this is it. This is really how it's supposed yeah. to be. And then I think when, you know, fast forward to that moment where I discovered the blogging world and travel and side hustling, I felt so in flow, you know, just Mm -hmm. my, I stopped going out so much and instead I'd be excited to come home and write a blog and like, I don't know, YouTube things and learn things and take, learn how to take better photos on the weekends. I'd go around with my camera and take photos. All this stuff started to change my world. And that's when I realized this is what it's meant to feel like to really Mm -hmm. love your life. And this Mm -hmm. is how it's meant to feel like to feel lit up by what you do. So that was really the first kind of experience I had with it. And then, you know, as I've now been in the business now for four years, there's always ebbs and flows. Like, you know, we were talking about some of the moments that really suck. You learn from it. And then the moments that are so freaking amazing when they're, and it's always the times when you don't put as much pressure or you just Mm -hmm. have fun. What do you know? And you just kind of playfully show up and you talk about certain things in your business and you go, I've got this available or I'm doing this and I'm, you know, talking about it for one week and you just sink into the energy of that. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh my God, biggest launch ever or most amount of people I 
I'd, I'd ever had enrolled into something, even if it was lower ticket, most yeah. amount of people I'd ever had. And even yesterday, for example, I did this free, you know, I still do free classes every four to six weeks, which I love. Mm-hmm. And there were like 500 people, you know, in there. And it was so amazing to have that experience. Even yeah. Absolutely free to the public. Yeah. But those are the moments that I honestly feel most activated in flow state because mm-hmm. from that, your energy amplifies and people feel how magnetizing you are as opposed to mm-hmm. I have to follow these steps in a launch and it feels so fucking serious that it's almost just like, ew, like I don't want to be <laughs> that right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote, productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through. And now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes and I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. And it's it goes into everything. Like I, th- I do think that everyone kind of has a different balance of like structure and flow, but it also like the flow has has to be there in some capacity and like the mindset and the energy needs to be in the right space like to sell you can't sell from like a desperate gross like pushy energy there can still be strategy and structure to it but like you have to be in the right headspace and like have the right abundant energy and the energy of like what I'm selling is the shit I'm obsessed with what I do I'm obsessed with my offer I'm gonna be great whether or not you buy like unless you have that energy selling is gonna feel gross people are gonna be like "Mm, pass (laughs) even if it's what they need and so it's like I it goes into every part of business even the stuff that people consider to be like really strategic or really like logical like hiring your team and like leading the team and making plans and like strategizing your cash flow like all that stuff has to be from a place of flow still Absolutely. And if it's not, you will know it just like how it showed up in my world. You'll know it through like your physical experience of that. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling like your chest is tight or that suddenly you're losing your voice and you can't 
speak your truth to your team. You can't say what you actually want. It always comes out in a very physical way. So if maybe you're someone who's like, what does it mean to follow your gut feel? Or what does it mean to be intuitive? Sometimes it's not even that. It's just blatantly how your body is reacting to a situation. And you know, that's not how it's supposed to feel. That's not good. That's Mm -hmm. really big, you know, almost just like, hey, like red flag in a sense, but what needs to change in order for this to feel good? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about how you teach your clients to identify like what their version of flow or how they should use energy or channel their energy in their business. Cause I do think it is different for everyone. Yeah. And I, I guess my approach is quite, you know, it'll either really resonate with you or it'll completely turn you off at this point. But Mm -hmm. I'll always start with this ideal that you don't need to work hard. Mm. And this is where I think some people- That can definitely be really triggering to people because it's like we are so indoctrinated into that belief. Totally. And if you actually look at where that belief came from, it came from our parents who were taught by our grandparents, who most of our grandparents had either been through the war or depression. And of course, what happened in that era was you had to rebuild, you had to work hard. There was no Mm -hmm. such thing as luxuries in the life that, you know, we experience now. So I say this with great reverence to what our ancestors did in order Mm -hmm. to set up this lifestyle that a lot of us can experience now. I mean, just the fact that we can be like, oh, we want to work today. We don't as entrepreneurs where you can travel, we can do all the things. And plus also the idea of, let's say, you know, what is possible. I'm like a very energetic spiritual gal. So I love like law of attraction and law of action and studying all of that. But the universe has a funny way of showing you what's available if you're looking for that thing. If you're not looking for it, then you're always going to keep doing the same thing over and over and nothing Mm -hmm. changes. Mm -hmm. changes. So, you know, for me, what I, how I teach my clients is if you're coming to me, it's likely because you've at some point felt like it's gotten hard. You've really had to push it uphill. The hustle is not fun anymore. You're feeling at breaking point and they come saying, okay, wait, we don't hate our business, but what needs to change? And most times it comes back to where does it feel like hard work and why does it feel like hard work? And is there something in there that if you were to let go and if you, let's say, took two weeks off, or if you said, you know what, I'm, I don't know, some of my clients are having a baby and they want to take, you know, maternity leave Mm -hmm. and all that. They're literally in a panic about it. Just Mm -hmm. like, so happy, you know, like, oh my God, new family member, but they are stressed to the nines. Like, how am I Mm -hmm. supposed to take? three months off the business and, oh, you know, I've got so many things. I'm so hands-on in it. So it's really at this point we look at where is it that you've hung on too tightly? Where is it that you've really not created flow in your business, whether that be automation or just taking it out altogether and simplifying the whole damn thing because the complexities came when you decided that it got too easy. You've added complexity. (laughs) Yeah. get fancy and most times, I don't know if you felt this this year, Marie, but I just feel like there's been this almost rebirth energy about like, let's just go back to basics mm-hmm. Have you felt that this year. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen a pattern of people who, like you said, made it harder than they needed to and felt like having a really complicated 
like convoluted business model, all these different offers. I have clients coming to me from either other mentors or never had a mentor before. And I look at their offer suite. I'm like, why are you making it so hard for yourself? Like, why are you working so much? Why are you on 50 million hours of coaching calls every month? Like what is happening here? And they're like, well, I just felt like that's what I had to do to like make the money that I want or whatever. And we like clear out all the clutter. And then they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I have so much space and more money. And like, why didn't I think of this? But sometimes I think like you said, like if it, if it's getting too easy, you like look for ways to make it hard or you assume that the to make more money, to hit the next level, it must be harder and more complicated. Like exactly. that's the only way. Exactly. And, you know, in, in many ways, I had a client of mine who she was doing that thing where in order to feel successful, she thought she had to be booked out. And by booked out in her world, it was Monday to Saturday, half day Saturday, oh, no. and doing calls all over her time zone, like because she was based overseas and her clients were international and it was just crazy. And she's just like, Mm. Oh my God, like I have no time to live my life, but you know, which like everyone starts their business for freedom and flexibility and abundance. And then like, you just give it away over time as you scale. It was always about freedom. Like sometimes I just have to tell myself that it's always about freedom. And so the decisions you make when you're calling in more flow in your life and business is, does this actually give me more freedom? Does this feel elevating? And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't, well, okay. So for a period of time, as you're building it, does it give you more freedom? And this is where sometimes the trap is where you're like, yeah, I'm building this funnel or I'm building this, you know, amazing office suite and this mastermind where I'm doing 600 hours of coaching. I'm building it for freedom, but some people just don't get out of that. They forget that it's mm-hmm. like, hang on, you're only meant to be in there for three months. A season, yeah. A season or six months. And you haven't left. It's been three years. Like what's going on? Yeah. And it's like those mo- those moments are always really cool. It's just like, oh, my God. Oh. Like it's so yeah. true. So, yeah, it's it's really awesome to be able to support my clients through that because they really truly come out the other side knowing what flow state mastery is. And then they make totally different decisions as they scale their business what do you know? They're making more money and they have more time to actually do what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. So with the, like dismantling that belief of like, oh, to get more, to be more successful, to make more money, like I have to do more work harder. Like, is there any specific ritual or mindset shift or like tangibly, what can people do to start shifting that belief and like choosing a new belief about success or money or how they can grow in their business. If you think about it, like I, okay, firstly, the tool I use is always journaling. I don't know if it resonates with everybody, but I like journaling. Find the thing that really helps you clear the space out of just like the conscious mind and you can access so much more in the subconscious. So with my journaling practice, I will ask myself a question of, whatever that belief is. So is it a hundred percent true that people who are successful have to work hard for it? Mm-hmm. Is it 100% true? And mm-hmm. the answer is going to be no. Like there are some people who don't need to work hard for their money. And mm-hmm. then you'll notice what comes up. Yeah. Well, you know, they're the lucky bastards that get born into a <laughs> fund or, you know, they're the ones that just, you know, they're, 
they've got a sugar daddy, whatever it is. Like it's yeah, just yeah. interesting, like noticing what comes up. But yeah. it's still going to validate the question of like, actually, it's not 100% true that I need to work hard for my money. So where did that belief stem from? Ask that mm-hmm. question. So it stemmed from my mother who taught me forever that I have to be independent, that I have to have a nest egg, save it for a rainy day, whatever money stories are coming up there. And then you realize the interpretation of that because it's always up to you how you choose to interpret something. And that's really at mm-hmm. the core of what has led you to where you are today. Because if you think about it, a statement comes your way and maybe a statement that's quite relevant at this time is the recession is coming and we're all doomed. Like that's mm-hmm. a broad statement, right? But it's like, oh my God, we have to lower our prices and be more accessible. And it's the end of the coaching era where you can charge high ticket. I've heard that yeah. a lot lately. So <laughs> if that's the belief, then, sorry, if that's the statement, you are the one that is pulling it through your whole energetic system based on your beliefs and you interpret that. Whatever Mm -hmm. you interpret that to be for you and your business leads to a belief. Mm -hmm. The belief then drives actions. So then the actions are, holy shit, I need to like change my prices and, you know, I need to lock all of my clients in now to my current rates and I I won't raise anything across the board. I'm really just hunkering and bunkering down so that I'm really recession-proof. And you start feeling that your shoulders are going up and, it's just full blown panic planning. And then those actions lead to a reality where in 12 months time, your business hasn't grown. It's probably stunted a little bit, maybe even not as much cash is coming through and you feel so restricted within the realms of your own business. When in actual fact, rewind all the way back to the interpretation of that. And you could have instead interpreted that news of the recession as, you know what? If I can build through the pandemic, which I have, and if I can build through the recession, I can get through anything. And more millionaires are made during a recession and more opportunities are born out of a recession. And this Mm -hmm. is an opportunity for me to innovate and to change and to shift things up and to create new products and services that yes, are going to be more accessible, but in any recession, there's still going to people, there's still going to be people who have a lot of money who want Mm -hmm. to invest in their personal growth. Then Mm -hmm. that creates a belief system that's so vibrationally like chef's kiss so high and then your actions come from that and you're on a totally different trajectory that in 12 months time it's a different reality so Mm -hmm. that's an exercise I work through with my clients but you can do it in your journaling practice right now with any beliefs that you feel are really heavy and blocking you to receive what you actually really want to do in this life yeah yeah and that example is such a good reminder of the idea of that, like whatever evidence you seek, you will find, or you will find evidence for whatever you seek basically. So if you're looking for evidence that a recession is coming and why I need to slash my prices and my business is going down in flames, like you're going to find people whose businesses have failed during a recession. Like that absolutely has happened. But if you look for evidence that like, this is actually the best time for you to like double down on your goals and there's so much opportunity and like you, you can kill it over the next year. Like there are so many people that are evidence for that too. And so if you're like so committed to that story, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, but if you're committed to a different story, like your, your life could be totally different. Yes. And you can change your energetic state in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. It doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be 
like a huge, huge, huge process of I need to go find a therapist. I mean, obviously there's certain situations, but I just really wanted to say that because I want to put the power back in your hands that energy can be changed and shifted quickly if you choose for it to. Yeah. I mean, look at how fast, like even your favorite song starts playing and your mood immediately changes, right? Like that's a concrete example of how fast your energy and like your physical state can change. Exactly. Exactly. I was reading the other day that the human mind needs to see a body of water because Mm. it actually elevates your mood immediately. It gives you a sense of calm and peace, but also the gravity of water and the expansiveness of it like you know I I know I feel that when I'm in Austin I love going to see like Ladybird and it's just like oh my yeah, god yeah. going 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 and you know all the possibilities I live right near the ocean it does something so that's another example like if you live near the water or you live near a beautiful lake or something like go there you'll feel your mood immediately elevate Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so many little practices. I know you call them rituals. So is there like, give us more examples of rituals that you do in your day-to-day life, rituals you recommend for your clients to do just to optimize your energy, get into a flow state with your business, especially on those days where you find it like that you're just kind of getting sucked into those like thought spirals or those stories. Like what are those rituals I don't have a very strict routine around rituals or like I'm not a morning routine type of girl. Me neither. You're not. I I know. I just, I find that really restrictive and not in flow Mm -hmm. state. But I have some Mm -hmm. clients who will say to me, that's the thing that activates it. So go with what feels good for you. Yeah. But I do have practices that I do now habitually and it doesn't matter what time of day it is, but I just know that by the end of the day, I've done them, you know? So obviously like is a really big one for me. And I know you you really resonate with that one, but like I have to move the body. I have to do like right now I'm in a phase where I want to lift. I want to do weights. Like I like feeling that strength in my body. There's certain other times where I just want to do yoga and I just want to relax and stretch. That's cool. But I just have to move. But the, the thing that I do do each morning, and this is probably the only thing that is like it's habitual now is I did Joe Dispenza's like nine week intensive and Mm. oh my God, that just like changed my whole perspective on head and heart coherence, which is what he's all about. Mm -hmm. And he taught this practice about in the morning, you want to use serotonin, which is the happy hormone in your brain and body to carry a manifestation through your day. And how Mm. this works is like, just as you're waking up, it's the, it's the hormone that wakes you up. You can activate it to help you feel happiness all throughout the day by programming it. And it's just before like your eyes kind of flutter open, you know, like you're sort of stirring, you can see the light in your room. And I've now trained my subconscious to find that hormone or that feeling. And then I program it with something that I want to experience for the day. So that's a really cool ritual. So this morning, for example, because I'm um, doing like a quick five day launch, I almost just pictured the payments coming in and the scrolls. So I just saw like three scrolls. Like tomorrow morning when I wake up, there's going to be three scrolls worth of enrollments. And I just do that. It's so subconscious. It's not like actively being awake and saying that, but it's now programmed within me. That's a really cool ritual that I do love. It's because it's so 
science-based as well. But mm-hmm. you know, apart from that, I have a lot of spiritual practices. So I don't know how woo-woo we can get on the podcast. Oh, we're here for it. We're here for it. I would say that, like a chunk of a chunk of the listeners are like definitely full woo. And then there's like <laughs> The rest are at least woo curious, you know, like they're, they're like here for learning. Okay. I love it. I love it. So those that are woo curious, just hang with me, babes, because, yeah. you know, let's, you'll find something that really suits, suits you and where you're at. But I was always the girl that would buy, I don't know, like Cosmopolitan mag and go straight to the astrology section. I was that yeah. girl. Like I, are you about to talk about human design? Oh my God. And human design, which I love. Yeah. It's amazing. What are, you? what are you in human design? A manifesting generator, just like you. Yes. Okay. That makes yeah. that's so cool. I love that. So anyway, astrology, big, big part of my world where I, it's not like I go to my readings every day, but I just know my chart. I know my natal chart. Like my go, couple of my go-tos are like Oath Oracle on Instagram and also Natalia Benson. So they're like the two, if you, you're interested in natal, natal charts yeah, yeah, yeah. for business. So these two are amazing natal charts for business. I also have my crystals, which I adore. I really have a couple that I work with that I program for success and abundance. So I do the whole thing where I cleanse it and then I program it and I use it. It's always around me. And then I have certain cards that I love to pull. So, you know, just for guidance on the day. And then I use those tools for journaling and I'll mm. look at what energies are surrounding me. What is my auric field saying right now? And if it's not good, if it feels heavy or if I feel sad or upset or, I'm, you know, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, these tools really help me pull that from my system, rewire that belief, rounds back to the fabulousness of living this life and just snapping out of it so that we can just get on with our mission and our purpose. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're kind of the main, I'm just looking around my desk because I literally have them all around to me, but they're the main areas. And then from inner work perspective, I do kinesiology mm-hmm. once a month, which I love. So it's a really beautiful mix of like science and body work. And mm-hmm. also I do a hypnotherapy session once a quarter to really, really get into the subconscious. So yeah. there's a lot of really fun tools that I reach to. And they really are now like tools for me that I reach to more than I do the strategy work. Cause if I do this work, the strategy flows. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even if you have all the perfect strategies, if your energy and your mind are not in the right place, it literally doesn't matter. Like either a, you will not be able to execute, like you cannot get yourself to execute or you execute, but it feels hollow yes. and it just, it doesn't have the impact that you want. Exactly. So it has to be both. Like yeah. it has to be. And I think you're like, you're at such a part or a place in your business where the strategy pieces are like second nature, you know, like you're, you know, yeah. what good marketing is, you know, what a scalable offer is like all that stuff is second nature. And so if you can prioritize your energy and your flow state, like it literally flows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I hope that wasn't too woo, but you know, I, uh, I do love those rituals in my life. They mm-hmm. have helped me so much just to like concentrate on me and not 
look at others and what they're doing. I think if that, if I were to sort of put it down to one core benefit of having this in your life, however it looks, is like you just stop comparing because you see that you're the one that holds that light and that power and that authority. I think it's so amazing that you refer to all of these things as like tools in a toolbox versus a prescribed kind of like list of things that you have to do because that's exactly what I ran into when I first dove into like the mindset work and the energy work and the biohacking and the meditating. Like I found all of these lists of like, here's my 37 step morning routine. And by the time I finished my morning routine, I was like more stressed (laughs) and more tired because I just did all these things that were not right for me in that moment. And so it's so crucial to like understand what's in your toolbox, what your options are, what resonates with you and like know when to pull each thing out instead of just like blindly following this 37 step routine. Totally. And you know, I like to get up and literally do work. I'm just Mm -hmm. that, I'm that girl. Like I like to get up and create a reel and write emails and write content. Like that is me. But where I find a lot of these ritualistic practices come in for me personally is like around 3 to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. where I just feel that's my sweet spot. But when I first fell into understanding energetics and all that, all, all it seemed like all the content was like, do it in the morning, set your day up right, morning routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that just didn't work for me. And then when I found my pocket of time, that was when I was like, that's where I feel the benefit of it. Okay, so find the time that suits you. And sometimes it is quite late at night for me as well. Yeah, that's such an important permission slip of just like leaning into what feels good for you, what works best for you, and like not trying to squeeze yourself into a program or a like box that isn't serving you. Yeah, the universe doesn't care what time it is. Just, just do it. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. The universe does not care what time it is. That is amazing. Ruby, there's so much more that we could talk about. Like, I feel like this conversation could be twice as long. So we should do maybe a part two when you're in town or something. But for the people who... Part two on my podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So for the people who now want to consume all of your content, become your internet bestie, like where do they find you? Where do they find your podcast? Tell them everything. So you can search for Flow State Business wherever you listen to podcasts. And the other place you might want to check out is my Instagram. I'm at underscore Ruby Lee underscore. And you'll just see me talking about all the things there and updates. I'm about to go traveling soon. So I know we didn't even get to talk about like digital nomad life. Like I can't believe that we already have recorded for this long. So definitely we'll have to do another part and everyone needs to go just follow along with all of your adventures because you have so much fun stuff coming up. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's just, yeah, an absolute honor and I hope you guys loved it. Yes. Thank you so much. We're so grateful for you and we'll see you again soon. Bye.